There's another data point that very few people talk about. 73% of Canadians make less than $50,000 a year. So you can build all these fancy buildings. It doesn't cater to 73% of the population. Hello, and welcome to Sink or Swim, a weekly podcast brought to you by RentSync, where we take a deep dive into the prop tech, multifamily, and rental housing industry. In each episode, we uncover the technologies and strategies used to help overcome operational challenges and increase the value of your multifamily investments. So let's get into our conversation today. All right, welcome back to Sink or Swim. I'm Mitch Fanning with RenSync, and joining me today is Bob Dylan, founder, president, and CEO of Main Street Equity, a Canadian real estate company focused on acquiring and managing mid-market rental apartment buildings, primarily in Western Canada. Bob, how are you doing today? Good, Mitch. Every day is a gift. Absolutely. So maybe you can do that intro some justice by expanding on it and kind of explaining how you got started in the apartment rental industry and specifically how you started investing in mid-market investments. First of all, thank you for giving me the opportunity to tell my story or my journey on your show. My journey started out when I was 19, my 19 to early 20s when I was flipping homes. And that evolved to buying and repositioning small apartment buildings and then moving forward, I did every type of real estate from strip malls, land development, commercial buildings, you name it. And during my journey, I found out that the best undervalued opportunity was mid-market apartment buildings in Western Canada. So then I started the Main Street Equity Corp, which is listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange, focused on mid-market Western Canada. Let me define mid-market. 80% of the buildings are smaller in size, and Western Canada is Winnipeg West. So when did you have that? Because I think it's, it's quite fascinating. I think you definitely hit a niche there. When did you f- decide that mid-market was kind of your niche and kind of the thing that you wanted to like build out an entire business around? Well, Mitch, let's, let's look at the capital flow. Real estate is a capital-intensive business. So everybody's chasing these bigger complexes, which is 20% of the market, and 80% of the market are smaller buildings. So there was 80% of the buildings were smaller that had less bids. Institutional capital was chasing the 20%. Then our focus was, let's take it a step further, was mid-market ad value Western Canada. Ad value meaning anything that we can increase the top line revenue by repositioning the asset. So we were, we became the mid-market ad value experts in Western Canada, Winnipeg West. Well, obviously you've done a great job, you know, doing that and, and focusing in on that, in that uh, space. So let's talk about kind of that space in Western Canada. You know, obviously as a result of COVID, the Western market has, you know, experienced an increase in vacancy rates. There's been a, a decrease in demand in, in really, but according to, you know, you know, rental reports, you know, specifically the uh, rentals.ca 2021 that came out in March, there seems to be a recovery kind of happening with the vaccine rollouts. So really, I guess my question is, do you kind of agree with that assessment? You know, what's your take and kind of, are we, have we kind of seen the, the end of this and we're kind of moving into kind of better territory? The population in Alberta has been growing nonstop during the last five years of the recession. So, you know, when the oil prices 
fell off the cliff in 2014. Our population grew by 5% in the last five years. 4.92% to be exact. So, population is growing, and then we have the lowest unit count per population. So we got approximately 45,000 apartment unit on a population of 1.5 million people, which is 2.9%. And let's look at the year 2020 pandemic year. Our population right. grew by 0.77%, while Ontario grew by 0.45%. So it's a supply-demand equation. Our vacancy went up. It's a combination of two, multiple things, but let's focus on two. One is a pandemic, two is the unemployment rate, people moving back home. And don't forget, Mitch, we have affordable housing. People can afford to buy condos and homes. It's not like Ontario and BC, we never be able to buy a home unless your daddy writes you a check. Sure. So for that reason, there's movement of people buying homes, populations growing, and we have the lowest unit count per population. So take pandemic out. If you take that out of the equation, and if you look at all these data points, I think vacancy rate will continue to decline. Decline. It may not happen instantly, but on long-term trends, the next 18 months or so, we will see continued, continued decline. Now, as the market continues to recover, and you guys are looking at, to say, new projects, you know, amenities in terms of how you're going to say reposition those projects or just the leasing process in general obviously covid has changed a lot of renter behavior whether it's it's just you know temporary or or it's you know it's long term so you know one example was the you know maybe the demand for for larger spaces you know cuz everyone's starting to work from home a little bit or you know there's virtual tours happening and just the whole process the digital transactions are increasing as a result of the rental process going digital. You know, what are you seeing or what are you and your team seeing there? And, you know, is it kind of in line with, with those trends? Mitch, first of all, let's talk about what our niche is. And I'll give you the trend line within our sweet spot. Our sure. niche is millennial inner city living. So our amenities is the neighborhoods and the environment around our where our buildings are and they're clustered together and our trend line has been it's been very unique where people are gravitating towards boutique apartments which is our brand is inner city living by main street boutique apartments and boutique apartments means low density and low density equals health so i'm seeing a lot of gravitation towards younger millennials wanting to live in low density buildings versus these massive complexes with multiple elevators and lots of people. And you know what's happening with lots of people. Lots of people equals COVID. I've seen a real uptick in our townhouses as well because of the additional space and the backyard and front yard as well. So it's a low density mid-market space, which is our space and townhouses where we have a lot of in Western Canada. Yeah, I think you're definitely seeing the millennials looking for those unique kind of spaces, you know, making it something that's their own for, for sure. When we had our prep call, I want to just kind of go off script for a second. When we had our prep call, you said something that I thought was, you know, quite interesting. And uh, you were talking about, you know, the apartment in industry is resilient. 
and it's you know it's gonna it's gonna continue to be resilient. You know, can you elaborate on that a little bit? And you know, essentially, what did you mean by that specifically? Interested in being a guest on Sink or Swim, or have a really great idea for an episode? Email us at podcast at rensink.com. What came out of the COVID to me and to the investment community and to Bay Street and to a stock price? And I, I'll, let me start off with my stock price. COVID starts, we are in mid-90s at stock price and drops down to low 40s and bounces back to 84 now. What that means is the investment community is realized that the most resilient asset class in the multifamily, not in the real estate universe is the multifamily. And a March's collections was like 99.34%. Where do you get that? So, you know, if you compare yourself to hotels and theaters and commercial real estate, it is the most resilient asset class. Now there's another really interesting supply demand imbalance we're gonna we're gonna see in the next little while. Purpose-built apartments. That means these apartment buildings are built for only apartments versus these condominiums that go into the rental pool. So purpose-built apartments, there's only 2.2 million purpose-built apartments in Canada. That's from Prince Edward Island to Comox. And Canadian population is gonna grow by 1.2 million people on immigration alone by the press release done by the federal government. So 1.2 million people in the next three years, and then we got foreign students, and the total supply is 2.2. And you know, let's say the vacancy rate is 200,000 empty, I'm just speculating, 200,000 empty units, so we got a demand of an excess of 1.2 million and supply of 200. So that's gonna be a supply-demand imbalance that we've already seen in places in Toronto and British Columbia and tent cities and so forth. What's causing is the affordable housing shortage. Now, there's another data point that very few people talk about. 73% of Canadians make less than $50,000 a year. So you can build all these fancy buildings. It doesn't cater to 73% of the population. Again, that's why, Mitch, we are in the mid-market space, is to cater to the new immigrants, students, foreign students, the workforce Canadians, less than $50,000 a year. The bricks and mortars are mid-market, but we transcend, we make them into boutique apartments. So they're not built as boutique apartments. That's our creation, our add value creation in the system. Absolutely. So as we kind of come to a close and before we get to uh, my favorite part, which is the quick fire round, you know, and maybe you've already touched upon this, uh, but you know, I guess looking forward, what does the future hold for the the Alberta rental market, or you know, post COVID, or specifically just Canada, you know, in general? Well, first of all, I believe Alberta is like a Phoenician. It's it's going <laughs> to our economy is going to diversify, and you get the lowest tax rate, and and the reality is. It's the only affordable major center. What that means is, can you afford to live in Toronto and Vancouver? And what's your plan B? Affordable housing. Do you know Alberta's got the youngest population and the most educated population? And the economy is diversifying. And the wealth of Alberta is not oil. It's the risk-taking entrepreneurs. As long as you can kind of get over the fact that it's going to be, you know, it's going to be snow until... Uh 
until say May. I mean, I think it's a it's a Alberta is a great place to live for sure. Um, well, makes sure, unless you love skiing and you love the mountains. <laughs> That's right. right. That's right. And, and we got and we got dry cold, so it's not humid. Just to digress, I actually used to live in uh, Fort McMurray, so I'm I'm uh, I'm very familiar with Alberta. So. <laughs> Well, there's more to Alberta than Fort McMurray, and there's more to Alberta than oil. So it's Calgary, Edmonton, and dynamic cities, and you're going to see, that's why you're seeing hard numbers of population migration, immigrants into provincial. And you know what? Why discount oil? Oil's at $63, $64 WTI. Pipelines are getting built, and I think in time you're going to see a real rebound in diverse economy and with the backing of oil. Imagine Canada with no oil. Just imagine for a second. Yeah, it would be definitely, it wouldn't be Canada. Let's put it that way. It just, I guess that's the easiest way of saying it. We would be importing and it would have a trade deficit. So, so as we kind of move into the quick fire round to kind of close things off, you know, where I'll say a state statement and you've got about 30 to 60 seconds to reply. Are you ready for this, Bob? Yes, let's go. All right. So question one, what do you believe that others disbelieve? That Alberta is the center of the universe. Okay, perfect. That was good. Uh, that was short. Uh, second one, as a result of COVID-19, what have you changed your mind about lately? Health, family, friends. Number one priority. Excellent. And third do you have any advice for, say, any other real estate investors or developers moving forward kind of in this environment? It is a long-term investment. It's delayed gratification. And if you play the counter-cyclical game, your returns would be higher, like Warren Buffett's mantra, because A, it's hedge against inflation. Yep. You got a return, you get paid to wait, and you got capital appreciation. So you knock off all these buckets uh, checkoff boxes, sorry, on uh, on your investment criteria. Now, if you do believe this, uh, Canadian cities and the populations are going to grow, if you believe the cities are going to get densified, and if you believe inflation one day will come back, combination of all these things results in a very decent investment. So, um, but if you're looking for a short-term gain, stick to cannabis, Bitcoin. If you're looking for long-term <laughs> returns, go into real estate. Absolutely. Last, where can people find out more about Main Street Equity? We have a website with an investor presentation. You can call me. We have an investor relation department. Call our IR department. We'll put you on the mailing list. Call me. I'm available. And that's my job is to tell you about our track record and our business model and our strategy moving forward. Well, you definitely have a good track record, so I'm sure uh, you know most people are aware of that. Bob, thank you so much for doing this. That's it for another episode. Uh, until next time, keep swimming. You've reached the end of another episode of Sink or Swim. Make sure to visit us at rensink.com forward slash podcast to access show notes, key takeaways, and where you can sign up to our newsletter to receive free bonus content. If you found value in this show, please also remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Thanks for listening.